All right. Well, hello and welcome. Welcome in to Hello. Today is Thursday, which means that it is vlog day. And yeah, I got a vlog for you guys. I got a nice long vlog for you guys. We got some pretty cool stuff happening here at the top of the program. Of course, we're going to have some beer in there. It might surprise you which beer, though. Of course, I'm going to have some shout outs in there. I do have some first impressions this week. I don't have a retro vaping prepared this week, but I do have a review for things that never got reviewed, as well as an update on an older mod that. It's not being made anymore. There's a whole bunch going on. So we're going to have a quick update with that stuff. Um, I do have some comments of the week thrown in there as well. I have some actual first, 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 first impressions as well. Package showed up from CCI, Cloud Chasers, Inc. that I haven't even opened yet. And I got my knife all sitting there just waiting to open this vape mail. But welcome. Welcome to the vlog. So let's get this vlog underway, shall we? So uh, let me get out my vlog notes here. Um, what I have in the opening segment of this vlog is going to be an interview with Azim from uh, the Right to Be Smoke Free Coalition. He is actually the lawyer that is behind the entire lawsuit that just got filed against the FDA regarding their deeming regulations on vapor products. Um, Brian from Vapor Shark hooked me up with Azim. We got on Skype. We just started talking about what's going on. It was kind of like, I guess, an interview ish style thing. So that's going to be coming up in just a bit. But First things first, on my notes, uh, things I learned from this week's videos. That's right, things I learned from this week's videos. Everybody is apparently a professional on wicking. <laughs> Everybody is a professional on wicking. Everybody told me at least a hundred different ways on how I was wicking my griffin incorrectly and how I could have been doing it better. Um, everyone said everything from, oh no, you wick it like an RT or an RDA. You just cut the wicks and you fold them over and press them on top of those holes. And I've tried that in the past and it just leaks like crazy. And some people were like, no, no, you just trim them so that they go just barely into the holes, not all the way down, but just barely into the holes. I've tried that before. It didn't work very well. Other people told me, oh no, you take that ring off and then you just set them in there and then you screw the chimney on. And okay, I mean, I've tried that before and it didn't really work. I wick it the way I wick it. I had no problems with it. Other than it being slightly a pain in the ass, I had no problems with it. It was wicking just fine, fantastically, perfectly. I was getting no dry hits. It had nice saturated, you know, wicks uh, and, and vapor happening in there. So I get it that everybody kind of has their own way of doing stuff. And you know what? I'm not against learning new things. And if you have a better way to wick something, then let me know. But there's a way to phrase your comment where you don't kind of sound like a dick. When people get on, on the comments and they're like, bro, exclamation point, you're using way too much cotton in there. Here's what you should be doing. You just, you kind of sound like a dick and that's not helpful to me. I don't read your comment and go, oh, this person has something constructive to say to me to enhance my vaping, you know, vaping experience. I look at this guy's comment and I go, you're a dick. I've always tried to have a culture of, you know, open and honest communication in my videos and in my comments and everybody's welcome to say whatever they want. I rarely, rarely, if ever, delete any comments. If people are being a dick, ah, 
I just move on. I'll leave it there so everybody else can see you being a dick, but I'll just move on. It doesn't affect me in my day-to-day life. But everybody, man, on that Griffin versus Heracles video, everyone was like, you wicked it all wrong. Everybody's wrong. You're wrong. I'm right. I wicked it the way I wicked it, and guess what? It works totally fine. It was wicking completely awesome. I ended up vaping that tank completely dry because my wicking was so on point. So if you have a different way, it might just be a different way, not necessarily a better way for you. Does that make any sense at all? Also, I learned that people for some reason, really dislike uh, Inokin and their products, man. That 18650, uh, which we're going to get to when I've, in the what I've been vaping section, but that 18650 Cool Fire 4 is fucking rad. And people were like, eh, dumb. Inokin really dropped the ball. They've been going downhill for a while. Inokin sucks. And I'm like, what? I've had great experiences with Inokin products, and I've always found them to be high quality. If you have a beef uh, with Inokin, then let me know in the description what device you're you're talking about and what issues you had with said device. Um, I don't know. It's just strange to me. It kind of caught me off guard. I, I always, you know, perceived Inokin as being, you know, one of the good ones from China and people are... Uh, Hmm, interesting. It's just interesting. I'm not like, you know, siding with Inokin trying to defend their products. I'm just saying, in my experience, pardon me, what's in the news, Robin? In my experience with Inokin, they've always had, you know, solid, decent products. And uh, you know what? I've been vaping this Cool Fire 4 18650 with the Nautilus mini tank like crazy. Oh, that throat hit dough. So, quick update as well. Last week I had that FDA shirt. Well, it turns out that a fella named Christopher designed it. So Christopher's buddy, what was his name? Luke emailed me and he's like, hey, uh, I'm Christopher's friend. Uh, He's the one who designed that shirt. It was a Teespring campaign, this, that, and the other. No, no. Okay. Luke, Christopher was the guy that emailed me Luke is the guy that designed it, and he runs a YouTube page called Artwork for Advocacy. He drew that logo freehand. Looks like a tracing, doesn't it? He drew it freehand uh, and and made it onto a t-shirt, and there was a Teespring campaign for it, but I believe the campaign closes. Closed, and I'm not sure if he's going to do it again. So, if you want to follow Luke. I'll put a link in the description to Artwork for Advocacy on Facebook so you can stay in contact with Luke, see his updates, see if they're going to do another Teespring campaign for those t-shirts because they're super cool t-shirts. I I love everything about those t-shirts and I'll have that link down in the description as well. Um, Also, I do another show. So, here's what I got going on these days. I do the vlog every Thursday. The vlog is my life. It is my passion. It takes up like 80% of my work week is the vlog, is getting things together and mods and tanks and building and doing this and organizing links and getting the beer and doing the things and then shooting the whole vlog, which is a process, and then editing the whole vlog, which is a process, and uploading it, double checking and spell correcting, and then posting the vlog and putting it on the website, putting it to Facebook and replying to comments and blah, blah, blah. The vlog is the vlog and it's a huge 
undertaking for me. And I know it might not seem like it, but that's the point. You don't want to see the hard work, right? You just want to see the fucking vlog. You're saying, shut up, Nick. Just let me watch the vlog. I do review videos as well. Mod Monday, Topper Tuesday, Wildcard Wednesday. Every week, I have three review videos and the vlog. Then, on Sunday nights, Ruby Roo and I do the Culture of Clouds podcast, which you can listen to on SoundCloud. You can listen to it at cultureofclouds.com, as well as on iTunes. You just search for Culture of Clouds. Well, I decided to throw something else in there because I wasn't quite stretched thinly enough. Kevin Skipper from the VCC events, he came to me and he said, Hey, I'm trying to do this show. Do you want to be the third co-host on this show? And I said, yeah, it's a show that is 100% about vape advocacy. It's uh, Vaping CC Live. I'm going to post a link down in the description. It's me and Kevin Skipper and Jay. And uh, Jay's been traveling and we missed a week in there as well. But it is on every Friday. It is a live, live show. It's called VCC Live. It's the Vaping CC, which is Vaping Convention Circuit YouTube page, which I'll post a link to down in the description. Every Friday at 9 a.m. West Coast time and noon East Coast time, we are live. Kevin always has great topics. He always has a lot of great input. This is all about advocacy. Everything on the show is about advocacy. We don't talk about what we've been vaping or what we've been doing or what we've been drinking or the new liquids or new tanks or how to properly wick the Griffin 25 millimeter. We don't talk about any of that stuff. This show is 100% advocacy focused. Kevin Skipper is a very advocacy focused person. All the events he does, including VCCPA in Pittsburgh this July, which I will be at, has been very advocacy, advocacy, advocacy focused. Vaping uh, VCC events were some of the first events I went to where they had like stage time set aside for advocacy to be done. It's great. Kevin is a great guy. It's not, you know, completely serious and just brass ticks and business all the time like mm, advocacy. It is a lot of fun. We banter back and forth. We read stuff, and it's it's fun. It's a really cool program. It's usually about an hour long, so 9 a.m. every Friday if you're on the West Coast, noon every Friday if you're on the East Coast, me, Kevin Skipper, and Jay, and uh, we just hang out and we talk advocacy, basically, and we're trying to get those you know live numbers to go up. We want people to watch it live. There's an interactive chat that happens on YouTube. You can use your YouTube account or your Google Plus account to take part in the chat, ask us questions. It's just a really fun time all around. This beginning part is just running way too long, but I have to mention one more thing. Utah, as of July 1st, there are no online sales allowed in Utah, to Utah, from Utah, within Utah. Utah passed some really ugly vape legislation recently. That goes into effect on July 1st, which means if you live in Utah, you can no longer buy anything online. You can't buy from a different state to have it shipped to you. That would be completely illegal. You would be a criminal. You can't buy online from within Utah from another vendor in Utah. That will be completely illegal. And if you're in Utah, you cannot ship your products out of Utah. That would also be illegal and make you a criminal. And that is some of the most depressing news that I have got all week. I forgot a multitude, multitude of people sent me this. Um, goes into effect July 1st. So 
that's I mean shit that sucks that sucks for Utah I'm sure there has to be something in place I haven't dug into this really well and I'm sure there has to be something in place a local you know trade group advocacy group or something in Utah that's going to uh, try to you know change the law and fight against this Um, but as of July 1st no more online sales within out of or into the state of uh, of Utah so if you're in Utah look into it if there's nothing organized you can organize something just get on it get on the ball you gotta we gotta fight these things just left and right they seem to be coming out of everywhere so moving forward in the vlog uh, i want to put right now the interview that i did with azim from right to be smoke free they are filing the big big industry lawsuit against the fda i made a post about it on grimgreen.com which i'll be linking to down in the description and brian from vapor shark was nice enough to get me in contact with azim we had a quick chat over skype i recorded the whole thing great great information azim is an incredibly smart guy he is a lawyer he's been working with the vape industry for years now and he knows what's going on so we are going to watch slash listen to this uh it's about 20 minutes long so right after that um i'm gonna come back here we're gonna do a quick what i've been vaping and then we're gonna get on with the blog is the vlog as far as uh, beer, shout outs, first impressions, blah, 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 blah. So let's go to that interview now. All right. Well, today we are going to do a quick interview with Azim, who is one of the lawyers on the right to be smoke free lawsuit that just got filed on Tuesday. I apologize if it looks weird or sounds weird. Uh, this is the first time I've ever tried to record and a Skype conversation. Um, he's giving me a call right now. Sure. Should we do video? Azim. Yes. Hi. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. How are you? Just uh, say a couple things. Let me get a sound check. Uh, this is Azim. I'm talking to the Grim Green. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That sounds that sounds great. So, uh, how are you? I don't think we've ever met. Have we ever met? I I don't know. I don't think I don't believe we have, unfortunately. Okay. Um, well, but I've happen. heard a lot about you, and um, you know, I, mean, I know Brian from Vapor Shark's been trying to get us to connect for some time. So I'm glad it's finally happening. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, very cool. Well, I don't have anything uh, really official uh, planned. I was just going to ask you some questions, give you some time to, you know, I don't know, talk and and explain kind of what's going on this kind of just happened on today it happened on tuesday uh, i got the email early this morning that the lawsuit had been filed so yep there's that it's a thing that's happening i guess first uh i guess just introduce yourself and say what you are and who you what you do so uh, a quick introduction my name is azim chowdhury i am a partner at the law firm of keller and heckman we are based in Washington, D.C., but we are a global firm with offices in uh, Brussels, San Francisco, uh, and Shanghai. Mm-hmm. Uh, we focus on regulatory law and providing guidance on companies who are trying to market products around the world, uh, particularly FDA-regulated products. And that's my area of expertise is food and drug law, FDA law. And within that, I have been uh, working with 
the vapor industry for many years, almost since the very beginning, since probably 2009-2010, researching and writing articles about how vapor products, including e-liquids and devices, might one day be regulated by FDA, mm -hmm. which we now know with the passage of the final deeming rule is going to be what um, is, is we now now know how FDA is going to regulate these products, which is effectively going to, uh, in our opinion, unfortunately result in a ban of most products. Yeah, that's yeah, that's huge. So you've been working with the vapor industry for a while now. Um, I, were you working on uh, Indiana as well? Yes. So last year, when the Indiana legislator passed their their law regulating how e-liquids can be manufactured in that state, we started getting calls from a number of our clients about how to comply um, because. Most of the industry does want to work with uh, the authorities and does want to comply with the reasonable regulations. Sure. And so as we started doing more research into what it takes to comply with Indiana, we, we started discovering how first difficult it was and then realized how practically impossible it was to comply with, with the Indiana requirements, particularly these um, security requirements, which require that you if, you're, if you want to produce e-liquid and sell it in Indiana, you have to uh, have a, a third-party security firm that has certain certifications in place uh, by a certain date, which has passed, um, in order to, to get a permit to manufacture e-liquid. Um, no matter where you are in the country, even if you're located in Florida or California or wherever else, you have to work you know, with someone that, that meets these requirements and... Um, uh, you know, to, to get a permit in Indiana. And so ultimately we discovered that this was um, really just an effort to protect the economic interests of one company in Indiana who happens to be a security company that meets requirements. And we filed a lawsuit on behalf of a coalition that came together of e-liquid companies um, challenging that law. And the purpose of the coalition wasn't just for Indiana. Um, it was to fill what we saw as the gap in terms of, you know, we have a lot of good, you know, great hardworking advocacy groups that are lobbying and, and uh, working on the ground to prevent laws like this from passing. Mm -hmm. But we realized that what happens when the law that you're against passes, or if you feel that it's unconstitutional or treating your products unfairly, what do you do then if there's no effective advocacy measures left well, in our opinion, you got to go to court. You got to be prepared to file a lawsuit, particularly in the cases um, that we believe are unconstitutional, mm -hmm. and challenge these laws in in the court of law. And, and that's what we ultimately did with Indiana on behalf of the Right to Be Smoke Free Coalition. Mm -hmm. And we are actually in the last, you know, that we're about less than ten days away from that uh, law, in Indiana, from becoming effective, um, and we're hoping to. Um, get a decision from the judge on our injunction um, and po potentially our motion for summary judgment in the next few days. So um, keep your ears close to the ground. Uh, we, we should be hopefully hearing something one or the other very soon. Um, and, you know, regardless, the fight will go on there as well. So um, yeah. but without babbling too far uh, or too long, um, I, I mentioned Indiana. Um, the other big thing that we're handling right now 
is a lawsuit that we filed yesterday on behalf of the coalition, uh, as well as a, a number of eBay for Trade associations, uh, challenging FDA's implementation of the Tobacco Control Act and the deeming regulation. And so that was literally just filed yesterday on the mm-hmm. 20th of June, and um, we're just starting that process, but uh, I'm happy to talk about that, about that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I don't know a lot about, well, I know close to little about uh, lawyering and litigation and injunctions and this, that, and the other. Um, so what what exactly was filed and it's going to be, I'm assuming it's going to be a long process. Is this something that's going to take a long time to, to see the court? Is it ever going to see the court? What happens there? Sure. That's a great question. Um, timing, this could be a situation where things get, um, prolonged for a couple of years, depending on how things proceed. There could be appeals. If we decide to move, for a preliminary injunction, a decision on that type of issue uh, would likely get appealed. Um, so there, there are a number of, of hurdles and procedures in place that it, right now it's hard to say how, how quickly this will proceed. Um, although I will say that you know an effort has been made here in the D.C. circuit to expedite things um, uh, so that we, we, we are not in a state of limbo for forever. So what I mean by that is what we have done is we filed a lawsuit, which is a complaint, mm-hmm. um, which is the document that, I'm, that has, I think has been making the rounds on social media today. Yeah. But that is essentially you know, our statement of the case, um, us arguing what, what we think FDA got wrong and, and what they violated in terms of their duties um, uh, and by violations of various aspects of the Tobacco Control Act itself and the Administrative Procedures Act. Um, for example, as well as the Constitution, so we put that out there. That's our complaint. That's that setting, uh, you know, that is the starting point of any lawsuit. Um, FDA will have an opportunity to respond. We will work with them and the court to enter into a what's called a scheduling order to figure out the timeline for when we would uh, have to file any sort of uh, motions for injunction or motion for summary judgment. Um, we would schedule the oral arguments, which is a hearing for sometime later this year. And so all those things are going to come together once we get a chance to meet with the industry, excuse me, meet with the FDA and, and the courts and the judge who's assigned to our case. Um, uh, and we'll figure out a path forward, which will be, um, which will really decide how, how, how long this goes on. Okay. Well, that sounds good. Um, one thing that I noticed in, in reading through all of this stuff that Brian sent me is it seems to be a lot of different um, bullet points as far as, you know, like you said, complaints. Um, is this uh, a calculated thing or is it throwing a lot out there and, and seeing what sticks? Well, we certainly believe that all the points that we've made, all the different counts, I think there's total of eight are all valid mm-hmm. um, and all you know are, are points that we think the FDA or the court should should rule on, um, and so uh, a lot of thought has gone into this, a lot of strategy, a lot of discussion, a lot of research. Um, we have been working on this, um, just so you know, well before the rule was published mm-hmm. um, in May. Uh, we, we had started working on this case uh, a few months uh, prior when it, it became more clear that the rule was likely to be published 
you know, imminently. Um, so probably back in you know March or February, we started uh, on behalf of the coalition. They asked us to to start looking into these issues so that we would be prepared to do something quickly. Um, and so we've put a lot of thought into the causes of action that we've brought here. And um, if you've seen the actual lawsuit itself, uh, the actual complaints, it's a 37-page document, which which sets the stage by you know discussing. Um, where we are and how we got here, mm-hmm. and and then it jumps into the actual causes of action, which you probably saw, you know, bullet pointed as a, as a summary of of the complaint. Mm-hmm. So certainly, you know, we'll, we'll decide as we move forward on which potential causes, which counts are are stronger ones, and which may be weaker. Um, not to say that any of them are weak, right? But um, we'll decide on which ones. Uh, as a strategy, make the most sense to move on summary judgment for, which ones we might want to hold off until later, et cetera. So um, right now there's a lot of stuff in there and, you know, we'll, we'll work with our clients and, and our lawyers, um, the, the, the litigation team to decide um, the next best steps. But right now that's what we're bringing. Okay. Excellent. And and it's a lot of stuff. And uh, I'm not sure, I'm sure you're aware of, there, there are other lawsuits happening. Yeah. Um, Right within the industry, at least within my group of people, uh, we've been talking about the "quote unquote" big lawsuit, and and this is the the big sort of coalition lawsuit. Are, are the other lawsuits going to uh, affect this one? There's one that, that Lost Art Liquids did. There's, there's right. one that the la- uh, some lab I can't remember the name of they filed a lawsuit as well. How do those affect this lawsuit? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, first, let me just say we, you know, we support all the efforts here, and um, we've been in communication with the other attorneys who are representing those uh, companies who have filed individual lawsuits. Mm-hmm. Um, as you mentioned, Lost Art filed a lawsuit in California in the Ninth Circuit. Um, that's that's where they're located. So that, that makes sense for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they've they've alleged a lot of similar issues and things here uh, as we have, as has um, Nickel Pure which is also known yes. as Halo, as I understand it. Um, they filed actually the first lawsuit um, here in D.C. as well on May 10th, um, also alleging similar violations of FDA, um, violations of the APA and, and other, other laws. Uh, I understand there's also been a lawsuit filed in West Virginia by one of the state delegates there um, in his personal capacity as, I believe, a consumer. Yes. Um, so that's happened as well. That's also that lawsuit is also very similar to the Nicopier one, and so, and that, and there's also been lawsuits filed by the cigar industry. A, a, a cigar company has filed it on behalf of of, uh, of themselves, um, and there's also uh, I believe Altria filed a lawsuit um, specifically on the issue of being able to to make a modified risk statement for their black and mild uh, products. Um, so those are sort of you know, separate from the vapor industry, mm-hmm. but nevertheless, you know, I think with the right to be smoke free lawsuit, I think we're at six total lawsuits, five or six total lawsuits. So, um, but you're right. I think our, our position with our lawsuit is that we wanted this one to be the industry lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted this one to to have the voice of the industry um, to be a little bit more detailed and specific to, for the industry's concerns. Um, than some of the other ones that have been, been filed. Um, 
because we do, you know, this isn't just a situation. We want the court to understand this is not just a situation where it's just one or two companies who are fighting for their individual rights. This is a, a this is a regulation that will impact thousands of companies, even more jobs uh, and people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the point of this lawsuit is to have that impact. So that's why we have, I think, eleven different associations listed on our complaint mm-hmm. as plaintiffs in addition to the several others who are contributing financially towards this effort, mm-hmm. um, including um, Safada, Casa, Sevilla, USA, um, uh, and Not Blowing Smoke. Um, so, yeah, you're right. This is meant to be the industry lawsuit. This is meant to be the one that um, shows the court that it's not just one or two companies fighting this, but really you know, dozens, if not hundreds, of companies across the country. Excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so um, you, this is something that you may or may not be able to talk about. Uh, how uh, how optimistic are you that we can enact real change uh, moving forward and actually change the law? Well, any any litigation of the nature is going to be very difficult to win. And that what people need to understand that. Yeah. Um, this is an uphill battle. We are challenging um, a federal agency that has made decisions based on what they believe to be the science. And a court and a judge is not going to necessarily jump in and, and tell the FDA, which is supposed to be the scientific expert, on what the science says or how they should regulate these products based on the available research and evidence. Um, but what we do want to attack is is the process that FDA took to reaching its decisions. And that's where there's some meat on the bones here, in mm-hmm. our opinion. Um, that's where we can say, look, throughout the complaint, we, we highlight instances where the FDA in its preamble to the deeming reg um, made admissions about the PMTA process and the availability of long-term data, for example, that would be necessary to complete pre-market tobacco application. And despite those admissions, they still require, you know, companies to submit PMTAs uh, within two years. Mm -hmm. And so that's a a process that we don't think FDA adequately considered. Um, They didn't adequately consider the comments. There are many thousands of comments that were submitted and made a part of the administrative record during the whole comment period back last, a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. And FDA, for the most part, essentially ignored that ignored those comments without providing any rationale as they're required to do under the Administrative Procedures Act. And so those are things that we believe should, could and should be attacked and that the courts will look at and say, well, well, how is FDA coming to this conclusion? You know, when they admit in a number of places, as again, as cited in our complaint, mm-hmm. about the health risk of e-cigarettes compared to tobacco cigarettes, mm-hmm. uh, and they admit that there's a continuum of risk of tobacco, of harm for tobacco products, mm-hmm. and that e-cigarettes are less harmful. And nevertheless, they still implemented this one-size-fits-all um, regime that treats vapor products just like cigarettes. Um, and so that doesn't quite, that doesn't make sense. They didn't justify that in our opinion. They didn't provide the rationale for that. And that's what a court's going to look at and say, what's going on here? This doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, and there's even a quote, I believe, from Mitch Zeller himself 
talking about the the possible health benefits uh, of e-cigarettes, saying that if all smokers switched over to e-cigarettes, that would be a good thing for public health. Exactly. I mean, these are things. Exactly. That, these are things that he's said. Ah. Uh, anyway, well, it, this is going a little long, but obviously, thank you for talking to me. Um, if there's anything else that you want to throw out there for my viewers, um, that would be cool. If not, sure, then, uh, sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, the only thing I'll throw out there is you know, um, uh, take a look at the Right to Be Smoke Free's webpage. That's www dot r the number two the letter b smokefree.org mm -hmm. um it's being updated as we speak so there'll be more information on um uh, on our case as we proceed you'll see who's who's been able to donate and contribute to the cause um so companies out there you, you know you're we're welcome to to join and contribute to the to the effort mm -hmm. as as well as individuals that are interested in contributing there's a links on the web page to do that so um, I just encourage you to, to um, uh, pay attention to that and, and spread the word. Yeah, absolutely. Um, stay informed. And I mean, I'm assuming a lawsuit of this size is, it's not free. It's not cheap. Uh, it's going to cost money. Um, I've donated money. I think everybody, no matter the amount, uh, should definitely donate money. There's a lot of people who are chomping at the bit to do something. You know, how do I get involved? How do I help? How do I do this? We should have a protest here, sign my petition. And really donating money to this lawsuit, no matter the amount, uh, I think would, would be helpful, definitely. I agree. So, uh, yeah, Azim, awesome. really good to talk to you. Uh, thank you for talking to me. We've already been talking for 20 minutes uh, or so, believe it or not, which is crazy. Wow. Um, yeah, so <laughs> uh, absolutely, uh, I'll have links down in the description of the video. And uh, thank you, uh, Azim, again for, for joining me. Um, you are more than welcome to contact me at any time if you ever have any information or anything that you want to get out to my audience on youtube which is the best audience on youtube really if i mean if when it gets down to it but uh yeah I, absolutely thank you azim thank you for having me so yeah a lot of really great information there from azim uh what i'm going to do is i'm going to make that video the interview its own video and i'm going to upload that tomorrow on friday just so that it's something that's easier to share around it, uh, the, I want to include it in the vlog because people watch the vlog. And so I wanted this to be the first time that that gets aired. And then I want to make it its own separate video so that it's easily shareable, if that makes any sense. So you don't have to send someone the vlog and go, oh, timestamp, go to this number on the timestamp and then watch the interview. And then there's like, you know, 45 minutes of video after that and like 15 minutes of video before it. What I want to do is I want to cut that part out. I want to feature just that part. I want to highlight just that interview in its own video so that it's easy to share around and share with people and, you know, around the community cool cool so that's uh that's that that was my interview with azim um what i'm going to do now is talk about what i have been vaping and there has been a lot of it like i said before Inokin cool fire 4 18650 at a whopping 12 watts this battery has lasted me two days now and i've gone through about four tanks of juice i believe this is the poor house mad mix at 18 milligram mouth to lung vaping just for days i just I just love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 
It's good. Oh, man, it's so good. Um, also, I've been rocking this Minikin version 1. whatever, 1.5 for a while now, and it's been surprisingly solid. One thing that I've noticed is that even with 100% fully charged batteries, when I put the batteries in here, the display shows not full batteries. And I know the batteries are fully charged. These are brand new E-Fast shiny metallic batteries that I understand are pretty decent. These are brand new batteries, fully, fully charged. Took them off the charger at 100%. Put them in here and the little display is showing me like, uh, you know, uh, this is like, uh, looks like 90%-ish. Uh, Got the V-God Trick Tank on there. Um, just been loving the Trick Tank. Like I said in my review on Wednesday, it's just a sub-ohm tank. I just really like it. It's great airflow, super reliable coil heads, and uh, I've just been loving it. This is Kodiak Australia in here, which I'm going to try to track down. It's a hard flavor to find, but it is a strawberry kiwi dessert flavor. Quite nice. I have uh, absolutely been loving that vape. Additionally, that Tugboat again, that Tugboat series box. This has been my... Hi, Ruby Roo. Should we answer a text from Ruby Roo in the vlog? What does Ruby Roo have to say? <laughs> uh, when we Ruby Roo text and uh, it's just uh, ridiculous. Um, we were talking about advocacy and I was talking, I was telling her that I, uh, I did an interview with Azim, who's the lawyer from the Right to Be Smoke Free lawsuit. And I was kind of trying to brag. I was like, you know, psh, no big deal. And she's like, oh, well, I've already got to read the first few pages of the actual lawsuit. And I was like, Psh, well, aren't you the cool advocacy chick? Anyway, always a pleasure to talk to Ruby Roo. Tugboat Series Box, the dime bag Daryl print on there. Dot Mod Petri version 1.5. False. That is the Dot Mod Petri version 2 on there. DHD Jessmarie drip top, drip cap, drip tip on top. This is that King's Quest. King's. Good Lord, Nick, slow down for a second. King's Crest Don Juan Reserve. See see what happens when you actually stop and prepare your words before they come out of your freaking mouth hole? This is a freaking delicious juice. Uh, I'm trying to get some more of it. It's, it's awesome. I love this juice. This is a juice that I, I just want to keep vaping. This is one of those juices that I wish they made in just jugs, just barrels of it because I like it so much. Anyway, this is on uh, a series box, unregulated series box. This is a 0.38, I believe, on here, which is what my series builds usually turn out. Fucking stellar vape. Even painfully overdripped, that is a freaking stellar vape. <coughs> oh, pardon me. Got my Hexome V3. Still rocking that like crazy. I love this combo of the Hexome V3 with the uh, 24mm Sub-Zero on there. I'm going to try to drip some top secret juice so you can't see it. Nothing to see over here. Not dripping some freaking delicious top secret juice, that's for sure. Anyway, this is a fantastic vape. This is a 12 wrap, 22 gauge, nichrome build around a three millimeter post. I uh, have it set somewhere near 100, which I don't know what the actual wattage is. And you know what? I don't care. I suggested to taste and I freaking love it. Mm. 
freaking delicious. So this is something that I've been using um, that hasn't been on video yet. Uh, I never actually did a first impressions for it. This is the Rig Pig from RigMod. This is their Dos Equis looking series box, unregulated series. It's got that same RigMod style switch right there with the American made bell on it. It only uses the Roughneck version two. So if you don't like the Roughneck version two, then that then you can not, never like the pig or the rig pig because it only uses the roughneck version 2 whoops i'm waving this around like it's gonna give it away this is some more top secret juice um this is a series build again it's about 0 0.38 0 0.39 and uh at a full uh seven volts just delicious i have this airflow opened up damn near all the way and uh this is a great vape super airy but super hot and flavorful. I'm, uh, I'm loving this. I'm actually going to do a review for this soon, even though it hasn't been on video. I've been waiting to get the go-ahead, like the okay from James, like, okay, go. It's released now. Um, put it on video. Put it on social media. So it'll be on my Instagram soon. I'll have a review for it soon. It's the Rig Pig, and it's their series box. Unbelievable. That is just one of my favorite vapes in the world right now. I apologize for all this top secret juice going on. I really do. I know it's not fun, but trust me, it'll be fun soon. Last thing I've been using is, uh, so I was going to do a first impressions of this last week, but I'm like, I've already had it for so long. There's no point in doing a first impressions for it. I'm just going to do a review for it soon. I'm talking about the Dot Mod Petri Light Mech Mod. I know Ruby Roo just did a review for it. I'll probably be doing this next week. It's a, uh, okay, Ruby Roo. Just let's interrupt the vlog every chance we get. Maybe I should learn to put my uh, 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 phone on silent. Um, she texted me just now and said, I just realized that I'm now the asshole that owns seven Petri RDAs. <laughs> I'm sure some people have more, but whoa, that's too many. You know what? That is too many. That is too many, man. Anyway, now it's going on mute so Ruby Roo can't, uh, can't bother us anymore. She just, you don't have that power anymore, Ruby Roo. Dot Mod Petrie Light, Dot Mod Petrie version 2. It's super matchy-matchy and blue and black and blue and black, and I just love the way this looks. This Petrie Mac has been hitting just fantastic. Again, one last top secret juice that also happens to be quite, quite delicious. God, that's good. This is a build. This is a... Okay, I'm going to have to take off my glasses and look. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight wrap, 22 gauge nichrome on a three millimeter. It comes out to around 0 0.15, 0 0.14, 0 0.15. Single 18650 mech. It's just, uh, it's nice and warm. It feels great. This is, this is a great vape. And I guess lastly, so I can make this vlog even longer than it needs to be, still hanging in there with the Segeli 213. You know what I mean? 
again, go watch DJ LSB Vapes videos. I love that guy. He does great fucking videos. He tore this thing apart, and uh, it's not all it's cracked up to be. For my purpose, 70 watts in wattage mode, it's working just fantastic. I've noticed that I've been getting some misfires with it. There'll be times when I press the button, and literally nothing happens. And I look at the screen, and it's black. And I'm holding down the button, and nothing is happening. So I have to take my hand off the button, press it again, and then it'll fire. But anyway, this is the Crown V2, which I'm going to be reviewing very soon. If not next week, then definitely the week after. I've been using the fuck out of this sub-ohm tank. It has been... Hmm, don't want to give away the review. It's been pretty freaking awesome. I had that tobacco number five banana juice in here that was a banana tobacco that I absolutely loved. Ran out of it. I mean, it's gone. It's way gone, and I'm looking to get some more. So if you know who sells it, let me know because I will buy a bunch of it. I thought I'd give their other tobaccos a try. I put the apple tobacco in here. Not a fan. It's not, uh, it's not doing anything for me. In fact, it gives me a slightly metallic flavor, which is weird, but somehow the green apple and like the cedary sort of sweet tobacco combine together in my mouth and it, it is metallic in flavor, which I, I don't like that. The vape's still great. I mean, this Crown, Crown V2 is pretty great. It's pretty great on every level. And you know what? This just goes to show. You well, I did not, 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 not like the Crown V1. I did like the Rafale tank. Not a huge fan of the Rafale XRDA. I feel like it's pretty poorly made. But this, Crown V2, rockin', dude. It is rockin'. So yeah, I think that's going to wrap up what I've been vaping. So let me look at my vlog notes and make sure I didn't miss anything. Okay, interview, vaping CC show, FDA, things I learned on Instagram, Utah, meh, what I've been vaping. Okay, so let's do, uh, before we get to the beer segment, which I know is going to be short, let's get to getting to know Grim Green. I apologize. I didn't realize I had the brightness on my monitor up, um, and it was you could see the like the refresh rate just going all over me. So I apologize. The first half of that vlog is going to be kind of annoying. Again, I'm shooting this during the day. My schedule has been getting weirder and weirder and weirder. And you know, when we go off daylight savings time, I'm definitely going to be go back to shooting these at night. But as it stands this week, I have to kind of shoot it during the day. It's late afternoon to be fair, but I'm still trying to you know work with my schedule. I'm shooting this vlog during the day. So getting to know Grim Green. Sure. Let's get to know Grim Green. A fellow named uh, someone uh, wrote in. What was his name? His name was Ed. (laughs) Hey, Ed. Now let me freaking, let's find your email here. Ed. Ed. Ed, where did you go? Okay, so Ed brings up uh, Ed brings up something that I just freaking love talking about. Ed writes to me and says, "Hey Nick, it's me again. Uh, have we talked a lot before, Ed? Are we on that close of a level where you say it's me again?" Anyway, uh, <laughs> Ed writes to me and says, "Hey Nick, it's me again, and I have a getting to know Grim Green question. We all know your love of sci-fi and Star Wars in particular, and you have also spoken about being a fan of Star Trek and Battlestar Galactica. Yes." 
He writes and says, well, I do love Star Wars. I have to say that I have always been into Star Trek more personally. So my question is, can you tell us a bit about your sci-fi journey and what other sci-fi franchises you love and why? Thanks for the all. Thanks as always for your consistent hard work and dedication to helping the community. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ed, thank you so much uh, for this question. I, 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 I like Star Wars. I'm a, I'm a big Star Wars fan. So my journey goes like this. Back when Empire, Strike, Empire Strikes Back, back when Return of the Jedi was released, I was young enough, or old enough, I should say, to remember seeing it in the theater. I was only six years old, but my dad, who I've mentioned a million times, I love him into the ground. He's the one that got me into you know sci-fi fantasy stuff. He took me to see Star Wars, and that is my first memory of anything science fiction ever. He was a big nerd. He liked Star Trek. He liked Star Wars. He liked Buck Rogers. He liked Battlestar Galactica. He liked Doctor Who. He loved all these things, and obviously, as a father, you want to share those loves of things with your son to see if they loves them as much as you loves them. So he took me to see The Return of the Jedi in the theater. My six-year-old brain exploded. I have very vivid memories of watching it in the theater, what we did before and what we did after. And that was my first exposure to anything science fiction. And so I didn't know, you know, for the next couple years that science fiction was a thing. I just thought Star Wars was Star Wars, and that's what Star Wars was. When I got older is that's when I got into Star Trek. I remember being 13 years old and uh, my dad took me to a Star Trek convention. Okay, well, let me back up a little bit. I remember being around that age, 12 or 13 years old. My dad would uh, repeatedly watch Star Trek, the original series, you know, on whatever station was airing it in Lake Tahoe at the time. So I got exposed to watching Star Trek very young as well. And I remember watching Star Trek and being like, this is kind of like Star Wars. It's like a, you know, futuristic lasers and aliens and space and stuff like that. And, you know, I wasn't really old enough at the time to appreciate Star Trek. Star Trek is like the thinking man's science fiction. You know what I mean? It's it's less about swinging around a lightsaber and armies of stormtroopers and it's more about like the prime directive and the Kobayashi Maru and Captain Kirk being a diplomat and making out with green women and very occasional occasionally you get like like a phaser and you go oh that's exciting and then you're right back into like you know delegates and and things like that so Star Trek to me has always been like the thinking man's science fiction it's actual like science fiction whereas I consider Star Wars more like science fantasy you know what I mean science fiction science fiction is Star Trek so I gained a love of Star Trek after I gained a love of Star Wars but in my brain Star Wars was always up here. Star Trek was always down here. They were both still very, very cool, but I still always liked Star Wars a little bit more than I love Star Trek, but I still love Star Trek. So 
moving forward, I, when I was around 13, my dad took me to a Star Trek convention, and it was amazing. It was the coolest thing I've ever seen. And this is the days, this is, I mean, this is before Comic-Con was really a popular thing. This was just a pure Star Trek convention. I went to many Star Trek conventions later on in life. But this first one, I remember walking around and seeing like, props and people in costumes and movie posters and records and CDs and movies and tapes and oh look at this rare Star Trek comic book where you know Kirk uh, exposes himself to Uhura you know these crazy things and I I just remember being so overwhelmed and like I want all these things and I try I remember trying to convince my dad to give me three hundred dollars to buy a replica of the phaser used in Star Trek 3 the search for Spock Anyway, that was ridiculous. So yeah, Star Trek, I love. It's always been a part of me. And then there's more, you know, there's all the other stuff out there. Uh, Buck Rogers in the 21st Century, Battlestar Galactica, of course, Doctor Who. If you don't like Doctor Who, then whatever. How do you not like Doctor Who? Doctor Who's amazing. And so stuff like that, sci-fi fantasy has just always appealed to me from a very young age. And I don't even remember this question. Oh, my sci-fi journey. That's my sci-fi journey. Those are the franchises I love. And as much as I love Star Wars, I love the original Holy Trilogy. My favorite sort of sci-fi fantasy trilogy, can anybody guess it? No need, because I'm about to tell you, Back to the Future. Weird, right? I love the Back to the Future movies. The Back to the Future trilogy is like my favorite trilogy ever. I enjoy watching it. You know, at this point, I enjoy watching it more than the original Star Wars Holy Trilogy. I like watching it more than like the Indiana Jones trilogy. I like watching it more than Aliens. In fact, Alien and Aliens and Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection and Alien Who Gives a Shit... All those movies I loved as a child as well. I used to buy Alien vs. Predator comic books. Um, Had all the Alien vs. Predator comic books. They were amazing. But stuff like that. Predator, Aliens. I remember the first time I was old enough, my dad let me watch the Aliens movie. And it was like sci-fi action movies. And the Aliens were so cool. And I used to draw Aliens. Like just constantly drawing them, drawing them, drawing them. I had a notepad just full of alien drawings and different, you know, poses and with the mouth coming out. Anyway, a lot of sci-fi. I'm a big nerd. It's something that I will always, always be down to talk about. Um, And we haven't even touched on like my childhood growing up. Transformers, the GoBots, He-Man, all that shit. So anyway, Ed, thank you. Yes, that was getting to know Grim Green. Let's move on from there. Let's taste some beer. I, I guarantee you the beer I'm about to drink will shock and appall you. Well, we got some beer to taste today. Now, I thought I'd mix things up and taste uh, taste something that I'm sure that a lot of people never thought I would taste or even drink. Truth is, I actually really enjoy this beer. Now, before I even get to what we're talking about or what I'm going to taste, there's a lot of, uh, in the beer world as well as in the vapor world, and I'm sure other worlds as well as far as subcultures go, there tends to be a lot of uh, snottiness you know, and snobbiness and elitism, which is one of the things that annoys me most in the world. Elitist people 
really upset me. It and it just there's this like holier than thou sort of uh, I poo poo on what you're doing and how you're doing it and what you're using to do it. That really bothers me, man. Just and the older I get, the more it bothers me. Just let people do whatever they want. Nobody cares. It doesn't affect you directly. You know what I mean? If someone is at a vape meet and they have an Inakin cool fire and a Nautilus tank, just let them be, man. Just let them have fun. And that's their vape and let them have their vape. There's no reason because you have, uh, you know, a $600 stab wood mod and an Origini with a pinhole airflow that you're like somehow better of a person. Elitism in general bothers me. And elitism is more rampant anywhere uh, than in the beer world. People are beer snobs, quite honestly, beer snobs. It's cool to like beer. Beer is all encompassingly cool. It is all welcoming. Like we've got something for everybody. If you like beer, then you're my friend. I don't care if you drink uh, Belgian whip beers or if you drink uh, Pilsners or if you drink American pale ales or if you only drink Belgian quads or if you only drink coffee stouts. There's a whole world of beer out there. So the beer that I'm going to be tasting today, this little guy right here, this is the champagne of beers. And of course, I'm talking about Miller High Life with a twist off cap. Oh, the smell is that of beer. I was in a band for a very long time, which we're going to be talking about in the Culture Club podcast this week, not to give away the whole episode, but we're going to be talking about things about us. I was in a band for quite a long time named the Swamp Donkey. And when you're in a local band that doesn't make any money, you get paid in drinks. Every bar that we would play at, we got an open bar tab, just an open bar tab. And so I would get Miller High Life's. I, it's literally the only beer that certain bars had in Nevada. I would get Miller High Life. I would drink some before the show. It's low alcohol, so you can drink like 10 of them. Drink some before the show, drink some on stage, drink some afterwards, all good. Miller High Life, you know what I mean? It's not pretentious. It doesn't claim to be anything that it's not. It's just an easy-drinking, light, American champagne of beers. And it makes me sad to go on Beer Advocate and see that it's only rated at a 66%, which is a poor rating by Beer Advocate. Uh, this is based on that 66% is based on the public, right? The public, the the beer snobs of the forum that is Beer Advocate feel like this is a poor beer based on over a thousand reviews. Beer Advocate themselves, the BA bros, the people that run Beer Advocate, they have rated this beer at an 80%, which means it's a good beer. Let's look at let's look at one of the top raters has to say about Miller. High Life. Pours a crystal clear yellow with a half-inch foamy white head that settles into a film on top of the beer. Foamy patches of lace around the glass on the drink down. The smell is of grain, cornflakes, and some sugar-like aromas. Taste is of grain and sweetness cornflakes. The beer has a lower level of carbonation with a slightly crisp mouthfeel. Overall, this is a pretty poor beer, but not as bad as I was expecting it to be. Oh, okay, that's fine. He was expecting something really, really bad. So I guess when you lower your expectations that anything will impress you. Here's the thing about Miller High Life. I have been drinking drinking Miller High Life forever. 
It's the champagne of freaking beers. This is an American institution. If you care about America, you will care about Miller High Life. I'm not even going to pour it into a glass because Miller High Life should be consumed directly from the bottle. Yeah. Tastes like beer, man. It's just that, uh, you know, baseball game, backyard barbecue, rock show, and a stinky, smoky bar beer flavor. It is nothing really neither here nor there. It does have a little bit of like corn flaky to it. It's a little bit sweet. It's definitely very crisp and carbonated or effervescent. And it just is what it is, man. It doesn't uh, it doesn't insist upon itself. It doesn't try to be anything that it's not. Miller High Life knows exactly what it is, and it does it freaking perfectly. Cheers, everyone! Everyone this week, drink a cheap beer. Go get some PBR. Go get some Budweiser. Go get some Miller High Life, and just drink it and enjoy it and feel American for drinking an American light beer. I like it. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I'm going to pair this up with some of that apple tobacco. Although, hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's really my only option. And I think it's actually going to work. I think it's actually going to work. Yeah, there you go. Miller High Life will pair. That's actually a really good pairing. Miller High Life will pair with any juice. Any juice you want. Uh, let's try some. Uh, let's try some milk plus. Shout out to Bonsai Vapors. Um, they sent me a surprise package that was just a one twenty of milk plus. Uh, I was completely out. I hadn't had it in almost a year, and I would actually. I was actually craving it recently. Uh, milk plus is uh, just their delicious caramely vanilla flavor. Um, I think it's going to go great with uh, this high life. Oh, yeah. It's good. It's good, man. You know what I mean? Simple things. There's nothing wrong with simple things. There's nothing wrong with using your Inokin Cool Fire 18650 just in the same way that there's nothing wrong with enjoying a Miller High Life. You know what I mean? There's no reason to force your opinions on people. I like Sammy Smith Oatmeal Stout. I love Guldendrock. I love St. Bernardus ABT12. I love Belgian quads. If I talk to someone and they go, oh, yeah, I like beer too. And I go, oh, really? What kinds do you like? And he's like, oh, you know, I like uh, Hogarden or Miller High Life or, uh, you know, occasional craft beers, but I drink easy drinking beers. I'm not going to be, like, offended and be like, you don't like the same things that I like? You don't like Golden Drock? How do you not like Golden Drock? It's just so freaking delicious. How do you not like stone beers? They're so freaking delicious. That's fine. Someone doesn't like something that you like. Here's what you do. You recognize it, and then you move on, and that's it. So I'm going to sit here. I'm going to enjoy my Miller High Life. This beer segment was longer than I thought it would be, but that's what I got for my beer segment. Let's go on to some shout-outs. shout-out time. So shout-out time. I'm going to give a shout-out to this guy right here, Mr. Lou. So Lou 
Lou. Lou's a cool guy. I emailed with Lou, and I like this guy. He is in a band that I actually have listened to for quite some time now called Sour Vein. And if you like... Pardon me. If you like burping, if you like what's in the news, Robin, there's another one coming. I can just feel it. If you like super down-tuned, slow, sludgy, like stoner metal you will dig Sour Vein. I'll post a link in the description to their website that's on uh, Metal Blade Records, and uh, you can listen to their new song off their Aquatic Occult album. Uh, Sour Vein is also playing... Let me get the correct information here. Sour Vein. Sour Vein. Where are you? What did you say? What did you do? Where did you go? Where did you go? Sour Vein is playing at Brick by Brick in San Diego on September 9th, which, yes... I will be going to see Sourvein at Brick by Brick on September 9th. Um, great, great band. Just stoner, sludgy, doom metal. Anyway, he wrote me uh, a while ago and said, Hey, Nick, it's Lou from Sourvein here. Uh, hope all is well. Here's the deal. I got an M17 in a trade, and I really have no use for it. I'm a lower wattage tank dude. I know you love them, and I thought I would send it along to you if you would like it. Please let me know. P.S. Love Rainbow, Sherbet in the Dark, and Yig. Way to go, making killer juice. So I said, he sent me a picture of it. And I said, oh, that one is purdy. And uh, then he told me about they're playing it brick by brick. He said, I'd be down to trade you for it or I'll just send it to you. Um, blah, blah, blah. He's gonna, he said, I'm going to send it tomorrow. It's cool. Whatever you want to send me or nothing at all. Also, let me know if you're coming to the show. Have a great day. Talk soon. And I said, I actually have a great idea for this mod. If that's okay with you, go ahead and send it to me. So send him some rainbow sherbet in the dark because he loves it so much. And he sent me this. Do you see this? This is a beautiful purpley pink 100% stab wood double die Axis Vapes M17. Now, it doesn't have the box, but it has all the documentation right here. It's got the sticker, it's got the certificate, it's got the uh, instruction booklet in there. This is an authentic Axis Vapes M17. And so, I'm looking at this going, oh, that's so, I would love to just use this thing, right? But that's not what I'm going to do with it. What we're going to do with this Axis Vapes M17 is we are going to raise some freaking money for advocacy. All the money raised from this, 100% of it is going to go to the Right to Be Smoke Free Coalition lawsuit. And I haven't quite figured out how I'm going to do it yet. I definitely don't want to do an auction. I don't want to do like an eBay auction. What I want to do is a raffle, like have people buy raffle tickets or somehow do a raffle. I haven't quite worked around the details of it yet, but I know we're going to do a raffle for this. And it's an, it's already a beautiful stabilized wood Axis Vapes M17 number 812. Okay. I'm trying to figure out a way to make this maybe cooler, maybe more appealing. I don't know if it would raise or lower the value of it, but I was thinking maybe we could uh, sign it, Grim Green, 
Sign it Grim Green, Ruby Roo, Matt from Suck My Mod, Vanessa from Suck My Mod, Vaping with Twisted 420. Maybe get some signatures on here, make it more of a collector's item. I'm not quite sure. I was also thinking that I could have my buddy up in Nevada, Tony, maybe engrave some cool shit on here all around it, make it a really really unique one of a kind mod a completely you know tricked out modded uh, 18650 from axis vapes i'm not sure one thing i do know is that i'm going to charge it and i am going to try to think of a way to use that mod to raise money for advocacy as much as we can get it will help i think it will help out a lot so absolutely lou thank you so much consider yourself and your band Sourvein totally shouted out yes if you're watching this i am definitely going to go to that uh definitely going to go to that show so macy writes me and uh this is from back in february so I apologize that this is late, Macy. I do get a lot of shout-out requests, but she writes me and says, Hello, Nick. My boyfriend, Alder, is a big vapor enthusiast. He quit smoking about two years ago, and I am so proud of him. Vaping is a huge hobby for him, and he loves showing me his Clapton coils that he builds. Anyway, he always talks about how awesome you are and all that you do for the vaping community. He has succeeded turning a few friends into vaping. The highlight of his Thursday is getting to sit on the couch and watch the vlog. I just wanted to thank you so much for giving all of the vapors uh, something to watch and connect with. Please, if you could give him a shout out, it would make him so happy. XOXO Macy. So Macy, you are shouted out, duh, obviously. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing your boy's name right. Adler? (laughs) Adler. A-D-L-E-R. That's Adler, right? I think I said Alder before, and that's completely wrong, but it is Adler, and anyway, you are shouted out, absolutely, just thank you so much for watching, uh, and I, I appreciate it uh, wholeheartedly, uh, moving forward from there, the Vapin' Mad Hatter wrote to me, this is again back in February, uh, he says, Nick, first I want to let you know I really appreciate everything you've done for the community, from your reviews to your vlogs, if you have uploaded it, I have watched it, and you're killing it, dude. Also, uh, three or four months ago, I began going to a shop run by a friend of yours, Natalie at Above and Beyond Vapor. Um, This place is truly stellar. She has done a fine job of making that a place I'm willing to drive an hour to hang out at on a Saturday. I know her assistant manager, the infamous Brian, already asked you for a shout out, but if you could include him in it as well, I would also appreciate it if you could give a shout out to my girlfriend, Emily, who has just started getting into building like a week ago. I know you get a lot of these, so no worries if it takes a while. I love your Grim Colt Yig and Rainbow Sherbet in the Dark. Those are my favorite flavors, hands down. You did a fine job. Keep doing what you do. Rock on the vaping Mad Hatter, whose name is Sean. So let me see if I can get all these names correctly. Sean, boom, bump it, you are shouted out. Natalie, sure, absolutely, boom, you are shouted out. Brian, yes, from Above and Beyond Vapor, you are shouted out, as well as his girlfriend, Emily. That's right, you guys are all shouted out, absolutely. Keep up uh, keep up the good work there. So uh, maybe lastly, I don't know, Ben writes to me and says, Hey, Nick, I don't know if you remember, but I was the one asking if you were okay with me getting a mod made with the Grim Army logo and the Culture of Clouds logo on it. Yes, absolutely. So here's the deal with that. Uh, I don't often do it, but occasionally I'll be like, okay, you can get the Grim Army. It's not like I'm trying to be some sort of like dictator here, right? But it's... uh, 
it's my logo, and I don't want a big manufacturer jumping on and just making a bunch of grim green crap that's, you know, unsanctioned without my approval and then making money off of it. That seems wrong and smarmy, and I feel like that's deceiving the customer as well. But occasionally people will email and be like, hey, I'm getting a, a custom box mod made. I want to put your logo on it. I want to put the Culture of Clouds logo on it. I want to put whatever, your signature on it. Is that okay? And if, if it's a one-time thing and it's just for you and it's not for reselling and it's, you're not going to flip it on eBay, then absolutely that is generally okay. So anyway, he said, uh, well, the mod's finally finished and I thought you might be interested in seeing the final product. I've attached some images of it and I just want to take this opportunity to thank you again for doing uh, the vaping community or for what you do for the vaping community. As a UK vapor, I'm sure you've heard about the movement of hashtag Lord's Vape Vote. This could be the UK's chance to sidestep ridiculous regulation of vaping that would come with the TPD. If you could mention this in your one of your videos, I would appreciate it to no end. Thank you for teaching me all about vaping and helping thousands of people like myself keep off of cigarettes. Hope you have a nice day. Keep on vaping. Sincerely, Ben. And yeah, it looks like you made a, a hexomy looking box with a... Uh, the Culture of Clouds logo on one side and the Grim Army logo on the other side. Absolutely, totally cool. I hope that you, uh, I hope you just love that mod into the ground. And every time you look at that mod, Sean, Ben, I hope that you think of me. Anyway, absolutely, Ben. You are definitely shouted out. Uh, keep up the good work there over in the UK. And yeah, absolutely. Hashtag Lords Vape Vote. As far as I understand it, the House of Lords is reconvening, rewriting, revoting on something that has to do with the TPD so that, uh, you know, uh, the TPD is like the FDA regs over here. It would have, it would have, uh, it would have been bad over in the UK, not as bad as the FDA, but it still would have been really bad. And this is, uh, hopefully going to be a little shimmer of hope within the, uh, within that TPD, within the tobacco products directive. Just look up hashtag Lord's vape vote on, uh, you know, social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and read up on it. So yeah, there you go. Uh, this is going to be it. This will be my last shout out. Hey Nick, my name is Lucas and I'm the owner of Drip Nectar Premium E-Liquids. I was watching your last vlog as I always do. And I was inspired. You were in the shout out section reading an email from someone about donating money like you would at a pet store. That got my gears turning, and we here at Drip Nectar would like to do our part as well, even though we are a small New Hampshire-based company. For every bottle of our juice purchased at wholesale price by vape shops, we will be donating $1 to vaping advocacy groups such as CASA, i.e., 100 bottles would be $100. Thank you so much for your time, and we would love to get your feedback on this or possibly mention it in one of your vlogs. Shops can inquire to us via email. Um, obviously, feel free to mention any of this or on Facebook. Link to our Facebook as well. So I'll put a link in the description. Sure, why not? Drip Nectar e-liquids, which is different from the Nectar e-liquids, which I have. Um, this is a different company. This is Drip Nectar Premium e-liquids. I'll post a link in the description to their Facebook if you want to check them out. Maybe buy a bottle, give a you know, and they'll they'll give a dollar to advocacy if you're in a if you're in a wholesale shop. So yeah, absolutely. Didn't catch your name, Lucas. Lucas and everyone over there at Drip Nectar Premium e-liquids are absolutely shouted out. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to crank the air conditioning for about 15 solid minutes in here to cool it down, and then then we are going to do some first impressions. All right, so let's do some freaking first impressions. I have a feeling this is going to be a bunch of tanks, just a whole mess of RTAs. So why not start off with an RTA? This right here is 
the Chaos Erebus, E-R-E-Bus, E-R-E-B-U-S. That's a weird name. I don't know what Erebus means. It could be like a cool Roman goddess or something like that. But as it stands, I don't know what the Chaos Aribus means. This is made by ISM Vape. So I did a review for the Chaos RDA as well as their Boss Hog RDA. Remember that RDA? Well, he came out with a tank. This is an RTA. The deck is very similar to that of like the Mew tank, which I really liked. It's got an easy, it's got an easy four wick system. It's not a pain in the ass four-wick system. It's a very simple four-wick system. Now, the first two times I built this, it flooded on me like crazy. I felt like Ruby Roo. It was just flooding everywhere, flooding as far as the eye could see, and I rebuilt it again, wicked it differently. And So the first time I built it, I was looking at the deck and I was like, sure, two millimeter coils will fit in there just fine. Built some two millimeter round wire, Threw some wick in there, wicked it really quick, put it all together, blew, filled up the tank. I'm vaping, I'm vaping, I'm vaping, and then I feel hot liquid just kind of pouring out of this airflow hole onto my hand. And I'm like, oh, fantastic. So I take it apart, I rinse it all out, I pull that build out of there. So I'm like, well, let's try like a 2.5 millimeter build. So I put a 2.5 millimeter build in there, wick it tight, and it's good, and the wicks are in there, and I screw it back down, and I blew it, fill it up with more juice, and I'm vaping and vaping, and the vape that I'm getting from it is rad. It's quality vapor. Same thing, liquid pouring down my hand, and I go, well, shit. So I finally went back in there and built a three millimeter dual-fused Clapton, wicked it with a bunch of wick, just a ton of wick. The more cotton that you have in here, the better. It will still wick, it just won't leak on you. So this is a really easy to take apart, like five piece design. So it's got this big knurly bit at the top that you unscrew the top just like this, really smooth threads. One kidney shaped juice fill hole there. I'm filling this up with crush fruits. Um, not sure where this is from or who makes it. It's like a blueberry candy berry type of flavor. Now, I've been skeptical, so I've only been filling it up with like one and a half, you know, uh, droppers full at a time just in case it leaks on me. I just, God, those threads on the top, so freaking smooth. I can just take this top cap and spin it down and it spins itself down plug that on there still no leaking all right so this is 0.35 ohms i have it set to 70 watts vips okay flavor not too bad this juice is a little bit cough syrupy it's a little bit cough syrupy and by a little bit i mean it's very cough syrupy Kind of bums me out that I got this wicked up perfectly now, and uh, I put that juice in there. That's what that's what really is bumming me out right now. So this is the Chaos Erebus tank. Let's go over to VaporBeast.com. They have it in stock right now for forty-four bucks. It says the Chaos Erebus is an absolute beast of an RTA. Full-size build deck can easily fit large Clapton coils, wide open airflow. It can take a hot build to the max. What? It'll take a hot build to the max. It'll take a hot build to max out this beast. 
That's the weirdest description I've ever read. So this is a 25 millimeter tank. And the only problem, besides the leaking, oh no, it's not leaking, is it? Okay. The only problem I've had with this tank, besides the leaking, is the airflow seems to be lodged in one position. And I can't, I can't adjust it. I can't turn the airflow on here. I just, I just can't do it. It won't open. Fine, thankfully, fully open. I actually really like the airflow. I just dislike this juice so much that I don't want to vape it right now. Some pretty decent flavor as far as flavor level. Flavor quality of this juice is, I'm not a fan. I'll put a link to it in the description if you're brave and you want to check it out. It tastes like cough medicine to me, but let me cleanse my palate here. So 25 millimeter diameter, 510 threaded, stainless steel construction, velocity style deck, top fill design, five to seven mil liquid capacity. Five to seven mils? Okay, eh, I don't know. I don't know what that means. Peak insulators, fully adjustable airflow. Mine is not fully adjustable. I can't adjust it. Copper 510 center pin, chuff style top cap. You will receive one Chaos Airbus 25 millimeter tank, one extra glass, one stainless steel cap, one Delrin cap. So this is the black version. They ship it with a black, you know, a smoky black tank, which I think on an all black setup, that just looks cool. That's very Imperial dark side look to it. I had the glass glass on here, just the clear glass for a while. Didn't like it as much. Didn't think it looked as cool. So I threw that smoky glass back on there. You can still easily see your juice levels in there. No big deal. And I just like the smoky sort of look of, look of it. Now, like it says, this is a stainless steel top cap on here. But it does come with a Delrin version as well, in case you don't like putting stainless steel in your mouth. Um, I've been filling it just little bits at a time and then filling it just little bits at a time but even just now when I unscrewed the top to fill it I saw some juice bubbles happen if I screw it back down no flooding there's no flooding going on right now which is making me very happy so yeah I'm going to uh I'm going to spend a lot more time with this Chaos Erebus. It pissed me off for two solid days because I couldn't get a working build in it. I couldn't get it wicked properly. But now that it's wicked properly, I'm actually going to be using it a lot more. And I will report back in a future video on how it's been holding up for me. You know what I mean? The quality of vape I'm getting from it is fine. It's that of a RTA with wide open airflow. That's... You know what I mean? It's nothing revolutionary. They're not reinventing the wheel here. It's wide open airflow, big velocity style deck. You wick it and you vape it and then that's that's what you do. So it's a little bit tall. It's on the tall side of tanks. That is a tall looking tank right there. So very interesting. I've been trying to leave it on its side to see if that will have any effect on like the leakiness of it because sometimes, including one of the tanks we're going to talk about a little bit later, it just leaks like a crazy person. But yeah, I will uh, I will update later on with how that's uh, 
with how that tank is working out for me. I also have this first impression today. This comes from Vapesig or Vapesige. I'm not really sure how to say it. They made that bigger mod. Remember the bigger? It was a big red triple eighteen six fifty DNA two hundred. It never got a review. In fact, I might use that in a things for reviews for things that never got reviews coming up. But they have released a smaller little. DNA 75 device, single 18650, DNA 75. For some reason, they sent me one, and they sent it in rose gold, which, I don't know, does my channel scream, hey, send me a rose gold colored mod? (laughs) That's just an interesting choice. It's not like, you know, whatever, I'm not being picky. The rose gold looks nice, but it's not something I'm going to, like, willfully rock around town. I'm not going to pull this out of my pocket at a bar and be like, like my rose gold uh, DNA 75 watt device. It comes with its own tank. Now, what's the name of this tank? It has a name. This is all in Chinese. All the graphics are in Chinese. Can I translate this? Translate to English. Uh, Nope. So it doesn't, obviously doesn't translate the graphics. Uh, DNA 75 all in Chinese. Okay, cool. It does come with its own tank. Oh, the Pi tank, P-A-I, the P-A-I tank that is essentially an Aspire Cleto. It uses, it ships with and uses Aspire Cleto coil heads. And the only difference between this and the Cleto is it has these Pi markings on it everywhere. It's funny because they call it the P-A-I, but it has pi markings all over it, which is spelled P-I. Interesting. I don't know. Delrin uh, sort of drip tip on top of here that you unscrew to bleh, fill your juice in there just like that. We'll just top off this tank. I'm using uh, Ember Pink Chill, which is Amanda M's juice, which is just freaking delicious. I don't even know it's for for sale anymore. I'll have to try to track some down for you guys. It is, uh, it's an acquired taste, but it's, it's honestly, truly and honestly, one of my most, most favorite juices. Screw this back down just like that. Good. You're good. It's full, and I'm going to vape it. This is a 0.46 ohm Camthal coil head. I have it set to 52 watts. Nice. These new Aspire Cleto coil heads that they shipped me, no rubber band flavor. I don't want to go back to the rubber band flavor thing, but all my old Cleto coil heads had a rubber band flavor to it. Thankfully, this one does not. It's just got a nice, clean, refreshing flavor. So far, I really like the size of this thing. It is the lightest mod I've ever handled. Without a tank on it, it just feels like nothing. It's so freaking light. There's a little bit of battery rattle going on there. You can hear the switches rattling. The switches stick very far out. So the DNA 75s have this new LED thing on the top and I changed it to to like a purpley pink color but it'll cycle through colors and you can change the colors and it's all very confusing in the eScribe software haven't quite figured out how to adjust that yet but these buttons stick out pretty far it's got a USB for interfacing with your eScribe software you can pop the back off there's no ribbons but you can kind of pull your battery out it says 18650 clearly marked positive and negative 
overall, it's put together really well. Mine has this weird stripe down the center of it that I can pretty clearly tell is some sort of shipping error or mistake or something. It doesn't quite rub off. It looks like there was a sticker there or something and then they peeled it off before they shipped it and it left like sticker residue stripe on it. But you know what I mean? It is what it is. It is the SD Mini DNA 75. Comes with a Pi tank that uses Cleto coil heads and uh, the entire site is Chinese. So I can't read anything off of here. Uh, comes, they have English. It says gold, silver, space gray, and rose gold is available. Then a whole mess of Chinese stuff. Uh, DNA 75. Enjoy the taste and smoke following the blend of colorful let you always become the focus of attention. So, sure, if you want to become the focus of attention, check out the SD Mini 75. I'm going to spend a little bit more time with this, put it through its paces, maybe drop it a couple times on my linoleum floors just to see how this aluminum holds up. But, yeah, so far it's actually been, uh, it's actually been a pretty cool little vape. That Cleto coil head can really stand to get some more wattage through it. Let's turn this up to 75 watts. Let's give it a full 75 watts. 0.5 ohm coil head. Oh, no, it's a 0.4. What's it giving me? Why is it reading that high? It says this is Canthal. It's supposed to be 0.4, and it's reading 0.53. Anyway, full 75 watts. Let's see how it holds up. Excellent. Excellent. That is hot as balls. So this is the first time I've ever got an ohms too high. And it's because you can't rock a 0.5 ohm coil at a full 75 watts because the DNA 2 or the DNA 75 has a 6 volt maximum. And 0.5 at 75 watts would be giving you more than 6 volts, which the DNA 75 can't do. But 58 watts, it works just fine. So let's get to this guy. This is a, this is a weird tank. Got this, uh, I don't remember when I got this. This is the Mod Father Inc. Tank? I can't, I literally can't find much about this tank. They have a website, modfatherinc.com, which goes to Valumax Supplies Company, squareup.com slash store slash modfather. And then all they sell are switches and PWM components. And then that's it. There's no tanks for sale on this site. So I'm going to link to their Facebook page where they have pictures of the tank. And then if you really want a tank, I'm sure you could email them and and get it get it get a tank they don't have the name of the tank um can't say enough good things about this tank blah 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 people really like this tank i like that chaos erebus tank i haven't been able to get a decent build on it just haven't just have not been able to get a decent build on it at all i am now rocking almost four millimeter coils they're three and a half millimeter coils that's why my tank is empty you see this it's because it emptied itself all over me multiple times. This is the 
fifth time I have built this tank, and I cannot, for the life of me, keep it from leaking. I don't know how people do it. I see videos on YouTube. I see this guy on the Modfather Inc. page, Matt Ice, blowing huge clouds with it, saying it's, it works great and doesn't leak. I've only had mine leak, and I can't figure out why. I have packed this deck so full of cotton that in any other RTA, it would just be a lost cause. It would just be dry hit after dry hit, but on this, it just leaks like you can't imagine, and I don't know what I'm doing wrong, and I'm really trying hard with this thing, but that's why my tank is empty. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to squeeze some juice in here and try to vape through it. <laughs> this is uh, strawberry cookie butter. I'm just going to go... Bleh, that's it. That's all we're going to do. We're only going to put a little bit of juice in there. Okay? Only a little bit of juice because it's going to leak out everywhere. And then I'm going to screw this back on. There, there are O-rings. All the O-rings that came with it are in place. There's two up here. There's one down here. There's one in there. There's two on the airflow. All the O-rings are present. And even now, you can see in through the airflow. I can see my fuse clapped in coils in there. I can see that chamber filling up with juice. So let me take a few toots. I have to keep it upright. I can't tilt it or juice will pour out of the juice out of the airflow holes. Super, super spitty because it's so flooded right now. I'm getting a very nice flavorful vape, but I think it's so flavorful because juice is literally like scorching the roof of my mouth. I can't vape through that, man. I just can't. And best of all, I'm going to pour it on this uh, paper towel. When you tilt it, oh, wow. Oh, there it goes. Juice. Do you see juice dripping out of the airflow hole? Juice dripping out of the airflow hole if I lay it on its side or I tilt it in any way. If I hold it up straight, I can kind of vape through it. But otherwise, nope, not a chance. If I tilt this, you can see that the tank, look how low the tank is already. If I tilt it like this, juice is just gonna start pouring out of that, out of that airflow hole. I can see it. Ready? Boop. Just dripping. You can use this tank to drip out of the airflow holes onto your RDA. Anyway, the vape from it, if I hold it upright and not let it leak everywhere, is that of an RDA. I mean, it's got wide open, big Cylon style slots. The vape from it is airy and open and swooshy. You can build some nice, fat, dual fuse Claptons in there, and it feels like a dripper. But the damn thing just leaks like crazy. So there you go. I don't know. It is what it is. If anybody has this tank and has any constructive sort of wicking techniques for it, please, please let me know. As it stands, I have two horizontal three and a half millimeter dual fuse Claptons. I have wicked it so densely. The deck is so full of cotton. It's just packed with cotton. Packed with cotton and I cannot get it to stop leaking. I don't know if I'm missing something, if I'm missing an if I'm missing an o-ring, if I'm doing something wrong. I don't know what it is. 
I don't know what it is. It Mine just leaks like the dickens. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take it off this mod. And see, look, it's going to be all nice and juicy underneath, which is great. Getting juice on everything, that's my favorite thing about vaping. And I'm just going to go put this in my sink in the bathroom on its side so that it can leak all of the juice out of it. And then I'm going to try to re-wick it yet again later on. Maybe I'll do an update next week if I can figure out how to wick this thing. All right, well, now that that tank is in my... <laughs> is in my bathroom sink. It's time for this. It's time to open some freaking bait mail. So this came in today from uh, CCI, Cloud Chasers Inc, CloudyCollabs.com, and uh, Kurt and Company over there. And I'm interested to see what it is. Looks like a tank or something. I knew this was going to be a lot of tanks. What tank? This is the. Mega Mega Mouse tank? The Mega Mouse. Looks like an RTA, so I don't think that's... He didn't tell me he was sending that tank. Mega Mouse tank. This isn't the tank I'm after. I, mean, I think I'm after this guy. This is what I'm... Yeah, this is what I'm after. This is what I'm after. So there's a Mega Mouse tank in there, which I'm not going to be talking about today. And then there's this monster. This is ridiculous. This is the BFDFT. <laughs> BFDFT, what a great name. And it's their, uh, it's their RTA. And I am kind of excited to try this out. Only because I've always had, you know me, a little bit of a soft spot for, you know, Kurt over there at CCI. Um, we're not... We're not friends. We always hang... Every time I see the guy, we hang out and we just talk shit to each other like you can't imagine. But I believe in him and I believe he's doing good work over there. Big old drip tip on top. Big drip tip. So let's test out this airflow. Can we open up all the airflow? Okay, you can open two at a time. Okay, but there's small holes and there's big holes. Okay, those are the small holes. Let's try the big holes. Ooh, a little bit whistly there, Kurt. Whistly. It's a little bit whistly, so I'm assuming it's a top fill tank. Nice threads on there, a little bit squeaky, a little bit crunchy. I don't even see any threading. Okay, there is threading. There's O-rings there. Two large-shaped, large kidney-shaped large kidney holes. I'm assuming this tank comes all the way apart like this. That top part comes off, your tank comes off. That is thick glass, people. That is a thick glass. That's the thickest glassed tank I think I've ever seen. Now let's try to get this part off. There's the chimney. There's your deck. It is a postless deck. And there is an, oh, oh, that's smart. That is actually pretty freaking smart, Kurt. Didn't think you had it in you, but that's actually really smart. There's an O-ring right here that acts like a ring to hold down your wicks, which means you can probably, let's see, push this down and then build and then wick and then kind of pop it back up into place, or you can take it off, build, wick, and then stretch it around right here, and it'll kind of hold your wicks in place interesting interesting and then that chimney goes on i was really okay first of all 
I'm really excited to try this out. I am actually going to put a build on this now. Uh, obviously, you're not going to sit here and watch me do the whole build. I'm going to, you know, pause the camera, do the build, then come back. I'm really excited that it's not an aromamizer style. I thought the BFDF, TF, BF, whatever this thing is. What's this called? The BFDTF. BFDFT. 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 I really thought they were going to go aromamizer style with it, and I was like, oh, that sucks. But they went postless. They went like that. Sure, postless deck. All right, you know what? I'm going to grab some coils real quick. I'm going to put a build on this, and uh, we're going to see how this fucking thing vapes. Ah, shit, I left my cabinet open. No big deal. We'll just leave it open for the segment. That's fine. So the deck itself, super easy to build on. It's a postless deck. You just go from... Positive to negative, positive to negative. The coils can only run one way. It's separated by a peak insulator, so you can see that one side of the peak insulator is positive, the other side is negative. I threw some Squid Dude coils in here, which I believe to be framed staple coil build. It says uh, 36 gauge, Twisted Messes, Nichrome 80 over 6, uh, Anarchist 80, 26 gauge ribbon. Uh, so there's 6... Ribbon, Canthal in the middle, I don't know. They came out super low. A dual coil on this came out to 0 .09, which that's a little bit low that I've ever experienced in a tank anyway. Um, not on a dripper, but definitely on a tank. So hoping the wicking can keep up. God damn it, I just don't want this thing to leak. So before I fill it up, what I did is I just juiced up the coils because I want to try a vape before I fill it up so I can see what it's going to vape like and if the vape that I'm getting from it is like a flooded or gurgly sort of sensation. Good. Wow. Um, the airflow is a lot... Hmm. It's a lot less than I thought it would be, honestly. Well, the airflow is quite, even on the biggest open setting, the airflow is quite nice. But look at the size of this tank. I mean, come on, Kurt. Look at the size of that tank. That's bigger than some mods. That's like more than half of the length of a hexome. This tank is more than half of the length of a hexome. So what I'm going to do is just put some juice in here. We're going to run some tests. I'm going to get out my paper towel that I've been using for about a week now just to clean up juice smell juice spills it smells like a vape meat I'm just gonna set this down I'm gonna put the tank over it I'm gonna squirt some juice into this reservoir and uh, whoo, we're gonna see what happens okay juice is in juice is in not leaking from the air holes yet let's put another <clears throat> Pardon me, another dropper in. Let's put a third dropper in. Now we can actually see the juice in the tank. Let's get a fourth dropper in there. Let's do a fifth dropper in there. This juice has steeped up to be really throaty. This is an old bottle of Roybot sauce, the boomerang that I had sitting around. And okay, so far, no leaks. Let's just leave it about half full. Let's screw this back on. Let's give it some vapes. Really nice. Really nice. Got airflow is damn good. 
Very nice airflow. I'm starting to get a slight gurgle sensation. And that's, uh, that's concerning me. I may have not put quite enough wick in the little wick slots. I thought I did. I thought I put enough wick in there, but I may not have. It is a nice hot vape. I don't see, see here's what I do, is I look into the juice, or I look into the airflow holes straight across from each other, and I see if I see any liquid dripping down. Right now it's, oh, there was a drop. I just saw a drop happen. I just saw a drop happen. So I guess I did not wick this correctly. God damn it. God damn it anyway. All right, I'm going to have to rebuild this. Shit. Well, I can say, yep, there was another drip. Okay, so before this gets too crazy, before it starts leaking everywhere, let me take a couple more toots and I'll describe the vape experience as best I can. We'll just throw dubstep all over this. Well, they're not called Cloud Chasers Inc. for nothing. That is uh, a whole serious mess of, uh, of cloud density happening right now. The airflow is more restricted than I thought it would be. I thought this was going to be like Griffin or Heracles super wide open airflow. Such is not the case. It feels a little bit more restricted. It feels like the Sub-Zero RDA at about half open. Okay, if anybody has a Sub-Zero RDA, close it to about half open. That's exactly what this feels like. Now it's getting super gurgly. It feels like that. It feels like the <coughs> Sub-Zero RDA about halfway open. The vape that I'm getting is very saturated because it is actually flooding right now. I see drips happening through the... Uh, through the airflow, and that bums me out. So I'm going to rebuild this. I'm going to re-wick it. I'm going to reuse these Squid Dude coils because they are badass. They're just not designed for this tank. It's far too low resistance. I want to rock this on something regulated. So I have a feeling I'm going to do some big 3-millimeter, 22-gauge, like 11-wrap like I did in that Sub-Zero 24, and I think it's going to be much, much better. The flavor, shockingly good. Shockingly good for a tank of this size. The chimney looks fairly big, but the flavor, shockingly good. Even with this year old, over year old. In fact, I got this last 4th of July, and it's almost July now. Boomerang from Roybot Sauce. I wanted to try it again. It is a very nice juice. The flavor I'm getting is, is, is shockingly good. If I had to rate it on a scale of 1 to 10, which I don't want to do, I would say it's like a six and a half, which is pretty damn good for an RTA. Ridiculous. Kurt, this tank is as ridiculous as your silly ass is. So there you go. Uh, I'm going to spend some more time with all of these products and uh, report back via YouTube video how they perform in the real world. That chaos Thankfully, still not leaking.
the Chaos fully open has more airflow than this CCI tank. I was really surprised by that. I'm sorry if I'm dwelling on that. I'm just really surprised that it is so restricted. I thought it was going to be way more open than it is, but whatever. Kurt does his own thing over there at CCI, and it works. It works for him. So I'm going to wrap up this whole first impression segment. We're going to go ahead and end this vlog. Um, I do need to do a quick review for things that never got reviewed and then my favorite comments of the week, but right now it's going to be uh, not exactly a review for things that never got reviewed, but close. Reviews for things that never got reviews. So this isn't really going to be a review for things that never got reviewed. Pardon me. Champagne of beers, mother trucker. But it's going to kind of be a review for things that never got reviewed. So remember a while ago, I did a first impressions of this... Cloudmaker Whiteout Kit, DNA 200, lipo pack powered. You had the ability to, <clears throat> pardon me, switch out the plates and make it green or clear or, or, or white or whatever you wanted. And it was really cool, kind of this open source mod type of situation. Well, Clint, Clint emailed me on June 11th when I was kind of gearing up to do a review for this. This was a while ago. And, um, he sent me an email. I'm just going to read it. He says, Nick, I noticed you mentioned in the first look that you are planning on doing a review for the Cloudmaker Whiteout. I know I have. I know you have many devices to consider, but if you are still planning on doing a review, here are a couple things you may that maybe okay. There are a couple things maybe to consider or include. Cool. Number one, the community was informed last week that Cloudmaker Technologies, CMT, has filed for Chapter 7 bankruptcy and will no longer operate as a company. CMT, was given the CMT has given the community all of the design files for the device and also has given the tooling to a certain vendor that has the abilities to produce these parts. I know which vendor it is, but I was asked by Jeremy from CMT to not share this vendor until he announces it. One vendor has already started producing and selling 18650 conversion kits with more items in the feature with more items in the future I'm sure. Why am I having a hard time reading right now? Number 4, community members have developed their own custom parts and have been making them available to others for purchase. I am not part of CMT, but I did start the Facebook users group and now mod their subreddit which they exited from, but they do contribute now as community members. There was a maybe still there was and maybe still wow, I I'm sorry. I apologize. There was and maybe still dislike how Cloudmaker ran things. I think what Clint meant to say was the following. There was and maybe still is dislike on how Cloudmaker ran things, but in turn some dislike for the whiteout, but just wanted to let you know that even though the company is gone, the future of the device actually looks brighter now. Below are the links to the group and the subreddit if you are curious. So in the description to this video, I'm going to link to their subreddit, the Cloudmaker whiteout, as well as the Cloudmaker whiteout users group on Facebook. Basically, this mod has has become 100% open source, okay? Cloudmaker Technologies does not exist anymore and there are people making parts for this mod. So if you have one and you want a black door, you can buy 
just a black door for it. If you want to replace the lipo pack with an 18650 sled, you can do that. If you want the housing or the frame to be a different color, you can do that. If you want, I don't know, different buttons, you can do that. So I was gearing up to do this review, and thank you, Clint. Uh, uh, thank you, Clint, for that email. Absolutely. He says, not saying you'll use my info in the review, but if you do, you can use my name and the content of this email. Thank you, Nick, for all you do. Have a great day. Absolutely. So I was gearing up to do a review for this, and man, I was actually really enjoying this Cloudmaker from Whiteout, and I stopped using it, and I should probably stop fondling it and probably stop pressing the buttons, and it really bums me out because this was my Star Wars-themed DNA 200. When you booted it up, it said a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, just like the Star Wars credit. And then it said Star Wars with a Stormtrooper. And then the lock screen is the Millennium Falcon. You won't be able to see it. The Millennium Falcon flying, and it just looks cool. And I was using it one day and using it and using it and using it. I'm like, you know what? This thing might be boring-looking, but... Damn it, I like it. I like the rubbery yet clicky buttons. And then I noticed my door stopped sitting flush on the top. And I'm like, what the hell's going on here? No, all the magnets are there. Okay, so I popped it on. Nope, it's still, I mean, you can hear that. It's not sitting flush. It's sticking up about, I don't know, three or four millimeters. And the door just kept falling off like literally as I was using it the door was held on there so loosely that it just kept falling off and I'm like what is going on and then I look in here and I notice that my lipo pack is bulging my lipo pack is bulging so I went okay I'm just gonna set you down right here and leave you on my desk and hope you don't explode so that I can shoot a video for this in a review for things that never got reviewed. And then as I was doing that, Clint emailed me at right around the same time. So that's why I'm relaying Clint's information to you. So in the description to this video, if you're still interested in this box, which you know what? It's a cool customizable box. You can buy different parts for it. You can customize it how you want it. You can get, like he said, there's someone working on an 18650 sled for the DNA 200. You can have lipo packs. You can have different colored doors, different, you know, they make a door that is like a, a frame, but it's clear so you can see the inside. So it kind of looks like, you know, like a computer hard drive housing or something. It was cool, and I thought it was cool, and I liked the feel. I liked the fit and finish. I even liked the size of it for my size hands. It was really nice. Now that this lipo is bulging in here, I don't like it as much, and it's kind of truly and honestly freaking me out. It's not hot because I haven't been using it, but it is seriously bulging out here at the bottom, and I'm 100% convinced that 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 is the reason that my door won't stay on. If anybody has any helpful tips or hints on how to dispose of lipo packs, I've never done it before. I don't know what to do it. I don't know what to do with it. I'm not just going to throw this in the garbage or throw this in the dumpster at all. Lipo packs, when pierced or pinched or broken open, they vent violently, just overly violently. So, not sure exactly what to do with this lipo pack. I kind of want to just get it out of here, get a new lipo pack, and continue to use this uh, use this little whiteout from Cloudmaker. So yeah, that's why it didn't get a review because my lipo is bulging. It is bulging, and I don't know how to take care of this. I don't know how to get this lipo out of here 
without hurting myself, without hurting the mod. Uh, yeah, so if anybody has any ideas on that, hey, let me know. Maybe I'll stop by the subreddit uh, and just ask them. So there you go, CloudMaker. That's why it got, never got a review. When it was functioning, it's a nice big battery DNA 200. It's cool. It's not anything super fancy, but it had these unique rubberized clicky buttons that I actually really enjoyed using. Had a nice spring-loaded 510 on there. This was kind of my workhorse mod for a very long time. I could throw out stuff I was testing on here or throw on stuff that, you know, a new build, a new atomizer, a new RTA, and I could put it on here and it would work and I could adjust the wattage and it would just work. It was a nice workhorse mod, if not maybe very slightly, slightly flimsy in some places. Anyway, it is what it is. I'm going to set this to the side again. Please let me know in the description if you have any idea on how to get rid of uh, lipo packs, like how to dispose of them properly. So let's wrap this vlog up. I'm going to end it with my favorite comments of the week. So I only got three for you this week. The first one, uh, it's not really derogatory or mean in any way. I just, uh, you know, I just was like, hey, that's cool. That could be comment of the week. A fellow named Jacob Sears commented on a video. I don't remember which one it was, but he said, I don't take breaks. I watch your videos all the way through. Love your content, brother. Stay fucking metal. Vape hard. Drink beer. Get tattooed. And for absolute fuck's sake, how do I get comment of the week up in this bitch? Well, mission accomplished. All you have to do is tell me to stay metal, vape hard, drink beer, and get tattooed. That's basically that's basically the story of my life. Vape hard, drink beer, stay metal, get tattooed. Done. If you would have thrown watch Star Wars in there, then that would have been my life condensed into exactly one sentence. So absolutely, Jacob, you get you get one of the comments of the week. Comment of the week number two. Um, this one I just saw today, and it was on that Heracles Plus uh, RTA2 versus the Griffin. Or were they both Griffins? I don't remember. Anyway, it was uh, someone named JC Loganair commented and said, Grim, I've never seen a bigger pussy with a cork. No, this is not. This was on a vlog. I apologize. This was on a vlog. Grim, I have never seen a bigger pussy with a cork. Shoot through the cork like a man. What does that even mean? And he spelled man with two N's. Loosen cork a cunt hair, then pop it with your thumbs so it hits the wall and leaves a dent. Keep up the good work, ya pussy. I don't know what I don't know what this guy's deal is. Like, if you were my really good friend, then sure. Like, if uh, Dwayne calls me a pussy, then I go, God, Dwayne, you fucker. But if you're a complete stranger, um, I don't know. Maybe don't call me a pussy. Like, I, I get maybe like he was joking around, but still, I don't know. Don't don't try not to call me a, a pussy if you can if you can help yourself from doing it. So. Last comment of the week, uh, no idea if this guy was just trolling or whatever, but Church of John Cobra said, uh, so much hand lotion, so little testosterone. No idea. <laughs> Truly and honestly, I have no idea what that means, dude. Uh, so much hand lotion, so little testosterone. I think, 
think there's like a masturbation joke in there, but I'm, you know, I'm not 100% sure on that. Anyway, I'm going to wrap this vlog up. Let me take a quick look around to see if I forgot anything. That'll be for next week. This tank is in there. Axis Vapes, M17, Chaos, Secret Juice, blah, 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 that, Pig Rig. Cool. Miller High Life, I think we're all set. So yeah, thank you so much for joining me again, everybody. I am going to gla- grab my old trusty, reliable Cool Fire 4 18650 with the Nautilus mini tank on it. And I'm just going to have throat hit after throat hit while I sit here and edit the freaking vlog. Thank you so much for watching, everybody. And as always, yeah, let's keep on vaping. <laughs>